today we want to do a uh, we want to talk about um, you know a series about the comeback tour. So this is this is um, this is about everybody gets knocked down, everybody gets uh, everybody suffers a setback, um, everybody experiences loss. But life is really about um, about the comeback, isn't it? When you think about it, and uh, the the prophet Mike Tyson once said, "Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face." And isn't this true? Everybody's got a plan until things aren't going right, and uh, and then you don't have a plan. And so I want to read a scripture that's very, very, very well known. And we used this uh, this story last week, so I'll continue it about the exile. God's people move into the promised land, and then they're warned by the prophets and uh, told, you know, be careful, be careful. But they end up disobeying, and so they end up in exile in Babylon. Now, oh man, am I going to need like a wind guard for this thing, or is that, or is it, is it this, or? Hi, everybody. Uh, we'll just take a minute to get it right, and then it won't bug us the whole time. Tell me what to do. Just keep talking. My best joke? No. No, I don't have any good jokes. Try this one. Check, 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 check. Great. How's that? Better? Is it better? Oh, it's good to see you guys. I can see you guys talking in the back row on your pickup truck. Let's knock it off back there. I can see you. <laughs> let me get let me get this thing set up here. Check. All right. We're good. Fantastic. Thanks for um, there we go. So let's read Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah twenty nine. This is the one of the more famous, I think, verses in all of the in all of the Bible because it brings us so much hope. But I just want to put it into a little bit of context. As I was saying, the um, the story of Jeremiah is that God's people have gone into exile. And uh, and now that they're in exile, Jeremiah writes something to them. And his, his thing is about hope, but it's also about uh, learning lessons. And so here's what I was thinking of today. Um, while we move forward with hope, while we do all that, let's make sure we learn a few lessons. Jeremiah 29, this is very well known. Um, verse 10, this is what the Lord says. 70 years are completed for Babylon. When, when 70 years are completed, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back, to come back. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope 
and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Yesterday, I was talking to a friend, actually a kind of a friend, uh, distant relative, and um, he's a principal in school. And, of course, as time goes on, people start talking about, the, you know, coming out of the pandemic. And as, as a principal in the school, I was asking him how his year was. I hadn't talked to him in quite a while. And, um, and so we talked about a, a bunch of things. But one of the things he said, he goes, we learned a lot of things. We learned a lot of things. Now, who can think back this year and go, but I learned a few things. I learned some things about myself. I learned some things about life that I like and I don't like. And he said, one of the things that we learned was we learned um, that we don't need lockers. I didn't see that one coming. And basically, they, they had through COVID their protocols and everything, and, you know, lockers are just – and he said we had, we had such a different atmosphere. Of course, they had a lot fewer kids there, but he said the thing was kids didn't have – the opportunity to go to their locker and so a lot of the fights and conflicts and you know i'm not a principal but he said by eliminating that part of the experience we eliminated so many problems think about that and they they realized that they could do it and it worked and here's the thing about life if you're never forced into a situation you never know what you can do without and you never know right the opportunities that were there all along and so I was thinking, one of the things that maybe we should do during this time is just think about, you know, what are the things, what are the things we could just do without? What are the lessons that we can learn? And um, one of the things that I was thinking about as far as a lesson was, um, you know, the other day we were giving Charlie a timeout. That's kind of a new thing in our house. So we put her on the step. Now, the step is... It's about as far as this speaker is from me to you. But, I mean, you would think we confined her to the gates of hell itself. Do you know what I mean? We set her there and say, now, because you did this or that, you need to sit here for a minute and learn a lesson. Learn a lesson. And it dawned on me. The exile is one giant timeout. God sends them over here. And says, I want you to think about some things. I want you to think about the way you've been living. And, you know, then it dawned on me, that's the thing. So I set Charlie over there. I mean, the, the tears just start flowing. I mean, it's so hard. I mean, you know, you're this far away, and it's, it's hard not to cry. It's hard not to laugh. It's hard to know what to do. But she's right here, and she just thinks she's dying. And... And so somewhere along the way, I guess we read, or I don't know if it's in the Bible or not, but you're supposed to leave them there one minute per uh, age of their life. So we are talking about two whole minutes. And all she can do is just count down until it's over. I just got to get up. I just got to get up. And then I realized that's exactly what we do. We're in exile, or we get put over here on the sideline. It happens to everybody, right? And then what we do is we just start counting down the time. I just want to be done with this. Who's ever just wanted to be done? And maybe 
it would be wiser, instead of counting down the time, we asked ourselves some questions. What are some lessons? Because how do we know? God could snap his finger and think it end at any time. Hmm? But maybe what we should do is go, are there some things I could learn? Are there some things that I should learn? I think some of the reasons, of course, that we put Charlie on the step is we want her to what? Learn lessons. I don't put her over there because I have things to do. I put her over there because she needs to learn. And, of course, God could do anything, but sometimes we get put sort of on the sideline. And I think one of the things that happens is we have to ask ourselves, what are the lessons? So as we come, you know, turn the corner on this pandemic and things, before we just rush back in, wouldn't it be wise if we said, I wonder if there are some lessons to learn. Here's the first one I was thinking of. Taking inventory internally. So one of the things that we do all the time, and we do it very naturally, is we take inventory externally. So we know how much money is in our bank account. Um, you know what your, well, most of you do, what your blood pressure is. Or you, you have measurable things that you can tell about. I can measure this. But let me ask you this question. What about the internal inventory? The state of your heart. It's a little tougher to measure. True? And so one of the things that happens is I'm sitting Charlie down. I want her to, I want her to sort of take an inventory. And I know it's a way much for a two-year-old, but that's why we start these little things, isn't it? We just want them to get start to reflect on how you've been acting. It couldn't be that much different where God says to us, you know what? Let me just set you over here for a minute so you can think about some things. I mean, the reality is all of us are on this pattern of growth, learning and growth, learning and growth, learning and growth. I hope you're not done growing. I hope you're continually growing. We're growing and learning. One of the ways I think that we can continue to grow is that we are constantly widening our circle of love. It sort of works like this. We love people close to us. We love people around us. We love our family. Um, and then God teaches us to just expand it a little bit more. And then, and, and that's very natural. Um, one more quick story. Yesterday, a little Charlie story is we went to my brother's house for um, my niece's birthday, and we were over there, and um, Charlie was sleeping in the car, and so we had to wake her up to bring her into the party. And that, you know, how many know we're already in trouble? This is, this is not going to go good, right? And when you wake her up, and she's clingy, right, to mom, and she was with mom just clinging to Vicky the whole time. And, of course, what happens is everybody hasn't seen her in so long with COVID. All, they just, everybody's just, where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? And they come rushing to her. How many know this is just a, just a train wreck, right? And even though it's family and close friends, like she hasn't spent a lot of time with all of them, and they clam up. Because here's why. We're comfortable with those closest to us. That's, that's normal. She's not a bad kid for that. 
Everybody look at this will help. She's not a bad kid for that, but she's normal. But over time, you want them to widen the circle. Think with me. You want them to widen the circle. In fact, within two hours, she had widened her circle, right? From mom to mom and one other little girl with a princess dress on. And then the circle just slowly got wider, and then it got wider, and then it got wider. And by the time we left, she's wrestling and rolling and having a great time with all the other kids. This is how human nature works. Widen the circle. Do you, you know something that happened in Jeremiah in this story? Maybe you don't know. This, this famous verse that we read was a part of a letter that Jeremiah wrote to the people who were in exile. And he, here's what Jeremiah said. He goes, it's going to be a bit, it's going to be a minute. Just get on the step. And Jeremiah basically says, pack a lunch. You're going to sit here for a while. He it, it, Literally, it says, settle down, build houses, don't think you're leaving. And there was a competing voice. There was a, there was a prophet named Hananiah. And Hananiah said, it's going to be two years and you're out. Jeremiah said 70 years. Two years and 70 years. Who would you listen to? Hananiah was a false prophet. The problem is they don't come advertised. People telling you the wrong story don't come advertised. Hey, this is false prophet Hananiah. Just like to tell you a big lie. What do they say? This is the Lord's word. You can read it right there. In other words, you can't trust everything and everyone that has God attached to it. I'll let that sink in for a minute. You can't trust everyone and everything that puts God or some, you know, Jesus next to their thing. It's, no, no, no. This guy was telling a complete whopper. But it, it sold because it was like, you're, you're out of here in two years. Jeremiah goes, no, no, no. You might want to get a lunch. And here's why. Listen. He says, I, Jeremiah goes, settle down. I want you to pray for these people. They've been carried all the way from Israel all the way over into Babylon. That would be like modern-day Israel all the way over into Iraq, Iran. And he said, just build a house and start to pray for God to prosper these people. Now, they had been enemies. They, these are the bad people. But what God does is he sets them down in the middle of these people for a long time. And have you ever noticed to be, this to be true? You could judge somebody when you're far away from them, but when you got moved right next to them, it was a little bit harder. You were told these kind of people are this way. This is how these people act. And then you became neighbors with them. You moved in right next door, and all of a sudden you went, wait, 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 wait these, these aren't bad people. And so things started to change. I think one of the great lessons for all of us is let God continue to widen our circle of love. And it's okay. You know, when Jesus says, love your enemies, none of us, none of us do. Yeah. Oh, just a couple of you. We're getting there. Are we getting there? Or how many you say, no, I'm never even thinking about it. I mean, we're getting there, but it's going to take us a while. That's the truth. You just you, you start with your circle. Your circle is small. It's the people that you know. It's the people that you trust. And slowly, God just keeps widening that circle. Um, my grandma's 
telling us the other day how uh, she got called by one of these phone scam people. And, oh, anyway, um, talk about people hard to love. Huh? And uh, she's, she's going to be 98 in like two weeks, 98. Someone calls her up, and they have my cousin's name. They have all this information, and they just they say they are my cousin Jim and been in an accident, and they just prey on her fears, right? And then they start asking me to send this amount of money. And of course, my grandma gets all nervous about it, and thank God she called my aunt and w was spared the scam. But there are people that will come to you and give you the wrong advice. And they will oftentimes do it so well disguised. And this is a part of the story with Jeremiah is this false prophet, Hananiah, wasn't called the false prophet. He was called a prophet. And he used all the same words, except he had a completely different story than Jeremiah. I think sometimes what we do is we just like we just want out of time out. We just want things to be back the way that they were. But the reality is, even when they came back, it wasn't going to be exactly the same. The question is always this, God, what do you want to teach me? What do you want to teach me? What's the lesson that I can learn? Do you know how to tell? What's going on in your heart? One of the ways is to ask what's coming out of your mouth. Jesus said this, right? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there's a good measure of what's going on in here. What's coming out of here? That can tell us a lot. The letter says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, I like this word plans um, because to me, and this is just my thoughts on this, so you, if somebody else has a different, that's okay. I don't think that so much God has a plan for your life. I think he has a whole bunch of plans for us. Why? Because you're free to do whatever you want. And guess what? If you have a plan for your, anybody have a plan for your kids? How'd that go? Huh? Did, did you? You have a whole plan. This, this is what they're going to do, and this is how they're going to behave, and this is where they're going to go, and this is how they're going to. Anybody? And then they do what they, what? What they wanted. So wouldn't it be better if you had plans, plural? In other words, I, I think God's not so limited to, he's got this one plan, and boy, just think about uh, how depressing and domineering that would be. But what it is is, God always has plans. It's like he's got the eternal reserve creative plan. Um, Vicki and I, one of the things that we like to do is to go places with no plan. And it turns out neither one of us, like we can plan things, you know, for church or whatever. But it seems like when we're doing things personally, we just don't like to have much of a plan. Although I think sometimes she would like for me to have a little bit of a plan. The reality is we would say over and over again, we had so much fun. We just drove and just hope there was a good plan. So on her birthday, during the middle of the 
pandemic, I said, you know, I heard they're eating outside for birthdays in December. I heard they're eating outside, so we drove over a couple cities this direction, and um, I had heard that people were eating outside, and I said, we'll just go, and we'll make the best of it. And so we drove, and sure enough, people were eating outside, but it was every single place completely outside in the middle of December, packed. You couldn't get a seat outside. That's how bad people wanted to go to eat somewhere. So we drove around, and I, you know, usually I'm thinking, I can always come up with a plan, right? And it was falling apart and falling apart, and I'm thinking, oh, man, I just, I absolutely ruined her birthday. And so we drove around, and finally, um, I said, babe, what do you think about a drive through McDonald's on your birthday? And we negotiated and ended up with uh, basically fast food Mediterranean. Sat in the truck in a parking lot. And uh, to this day, we talk about that birthday date, that we laughed and we had so much fun and how I better never do that again. And, you know, wouldn't it be terrible if, like, God had one plan? How many of you know you messed up that plan about the day you turned 16? In other words, this perfect, you know, set in stone, this is how God wants everything to be and everything. And everybody knows. Everybody took a left turn when they were 16 and took a nosedive when they were 21 and took a U-turn when they were 18. And anybody, are you with me? God doesn't have a plan. God has endless plans for every one of your U-turns and every one of your ditch dives, every one, uh, every time you slam on the brakes, God still has a plan. That's the good news. Here they are in exile, and what they're thinking is, I don't think there's a plan. I don't think there's any, any hope. Now, while Jeremiah was, this is what I love. This is what I absolutely love. He was realistic. He told them, this is going to take a while. This whole thing was about hope. So look here, this will help you so much if you can, if you can just... It's not either or. It's it's both. It's this is gonna be this is gonna take a minute. You're gonna sit there. This isn't gonna feel good. Because how many know if you tell your kids sometimes that they made some decisions or some things have happened and you just try to softball it, you are not helping them. You're not helping them. You're gonna have to sit there. This is gonna cost you. But you're still within the circle of God's plan. You're not outside. God still can do something amazing here. And so what I like to tell people is this. God doesn't have a plan. God has endless plans. God is continually coming up with things. And maybe you'll find yourself at the fast food drive-in trying to make the best of a bad situation. And what you will do like all of us do, is you'll look back and you'll see, you know what, that wasn't so bad after all. God was still working in ways that I couldn't even see.
You have to be creative. I don't know if you know this, but the whole Bible is one big comeback story. If you could, if you could just put a new label on the Bible because besides the Bible, you would call it the great comeback. It starts with Adam and Eve, and they get removed from the garden, right? That, and if you go to the end of the book at Revelation, it says, "There they were, in the garden, with the tree of life." What's the whole story? And there's a hundred little micro stories in the middle, but it's all one big story. It's a comeback story. You make this mistake, God brings you in the other way. You make this mistake. God brings you in the other way. The lesson is this. Everybody falls. Everybody, everybody gets knocked down. Everybody wanders from the path. And God always still has a plan. That doesn't encourage you to wander. It just tells us that that's human nature, and that's what we're going to do. We all are going to fall. We're all going to experience setback. As the scripture says, if God is for us, who could be against us? It doesn't, there's no force, there's no, there's no decision, there's nothing that could happen that could keep us from that. Now, I'll just end with this. You know, um, I'm going to come all the way back to the step and the timeout. Man, has anybody ever been here? You try, you you try really hard not to be angry because they say you know don't discipline when you're angry because then it's kind of about you. No one has any idea what I'm talking about. Thank you for the empathy. You you try to separate, right? This is just this is for your good. I'm just trying to tell you this and be. But deep down, all you ever want, all you ever want, is for them to come out better. That's all you ever want. I want you to come out better. All God ever wants for you is come out better. Learn the lessons. There's so many lessons to be learned. But if we just focus on counting down the time, we don't count the lessons. I say this, you know, time, not just scientifically, but scripturally, time's an illusion. I hope you know this. And it's hard to think of because we think of, you know, time's the most important thing. Or if you go to a seminar, they'll tell you time's the only thing that you have. And if you're getting old, start panicking. But but what we know, not only by, based on science, but on scripture, is that time is an illusion. So don't panic. This whole this whole fight between Jeremiah and Hannah and I was about time. Once you, you get to the place, you realize there's nothing to panic about. God always has a plan. God always has a purpose. People say, once you lose a day, it's gone. No, 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 it's not gone. A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. In, instead of counting the time, count the lessons. God, what do you want to teach me? I hope and pray as we make this big transition in our life, there's got to be some lessons. And you don't want to go through all of this and have, I have zero lessons. I didn't learn anything. What a tragedy that would be. And if the only thing that you learn, maybe you want to learn this, is 
that in your heart, you can widen your circle of love. Maybe there's some things in life that you just don't need anymore. They were so simple. You know, if you get carried across the, a massive desert into a place that's hundreds of miles away from your home, you don't have anything. Life becomes very simple. Haven't you learned over the time that there's a lot of things that you just don't need? And the next thing you know is when you don't need them, then you're free. You're free. Because when you need them, you're not free. But when you don't need them, then you are. So as we make this transition, we think about the comeback. And we think about leaving exile or leaving. All, all you want to do is say, God, just keep cementing those lessons in my life. All right? Let's stand. We'll have a prayer together. Thanks for being here. Before I say your prayer, I just wanted to let everyone know here that if you need prayer after the service for something specific in your life, you can just go over to my left down here into the shade, and we'll have a prayer team there be so happy to pray with you about whatever's happening in your life this week. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that you don't just have a plan, but you have endless plans, that you're a creative, loving, endlessly good God. And so God, while there may be a season of life where we have to wait and to be patient and to hold on, we stand here today with hope knowing that you have endless plans for us. Plans to prosper us, plans for hope, plans for a future. That you haven't given up because of a mistake. You haven't given up because of some opposition. But God, there's continual grace in our life every single day. We thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here, everyone.